Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. I don't know about you, but if I ever got pregnant, I would want to be fully aware of all my options asapsually, especially if the situation is feeling like a crisis. There are over 100 crisis pregnancy centers in Illinois, and some people go to these places thinking they're going to get all the information and sometimes all the care that they need. Now, crisis pregnancy centers are usually nonprofit, Christian-based facilities that do offer various services that support pregnant folks, but none of them offer abortion care. Just because someone is, you know, religious doesn't mean that necessarily that they are anti-abortion, right? So, so like, they, they make it clear that they are religious, but they don't make it clear that they are anti-abortion. That's my colleague, Mawa Iqbal. She's a state house reporter here at WBEZ, and she did a feature story on a few of these places in Illinois. She says oftentimes crisis pregnancy centers actually steer pregnant people away from abortion care, which legally is a problem. We're going to talk about some of the legislation that would hold them more accountable. But first off, what exactly is a crisis pregnancy center supposed to be doing? They are nonprofits usually run by Christian-based organizations, so like local ministries or churches in the area, and they are listed as reproductive care clinics. And so they, you know, offer uh, ultrasound screenings, pregnancy screenings, uh, STI screenings, as well as STI medication oftentimes. They'll also, some of them will offer parenting classes. Um, the only thing is, though, and then the reason why, um, you know, that this is becoming a, a topic in the legislature is they don't offer abortion services. And um, essentially because they are um, Christian-based organizations, they, you know, a lot of them feel like this kind of goes against their religious views of being more anti-abortion. Okay. Um, Some of them do offer prenatal care, though, in Illinois? Some of them do, yeah, but but a lot of them don't. Um, so so like prenatal care could be you know like uh, like vitamins or things like that, but yeah. then others don't really. Um, so so that that's why um, they're also known as limited um, services pregnancy centers. Okay, how hard is it? You know, if if I'm just a novice, you know, and I I, I want some information, how hard would it be for me to tell the difference between these centers and say a clinic that does offer prenatal and abortion care? I mean, that's really like the the sticking point right now is that like a lot of these centers will, you know, like if you go on their website, for example, um, they and and even to just with me, like researching and Googling, you know, uh, crisis pregnancy centers, websites in Illinois. Yeah, they're not really upfront with their religious views or their religious affiliations or even their anti-abortion ideologies. They they're kind of like they're even their their design on their websites are, are like what you would expect of like a Planned Parenthood, for example, you know, and then they have tabs that say, you know, like pregnancy, ultrasounds, abortion. And then when you click on the abortion tabs, it tells you that, you know, like, like this is what an abortion is. These are the risks associated with them. Come in, you know, and we can tell you, give you all the information you need to make a well-informed decision. Mm. It's sort of the language. Um, but then you have to scroll like all the way down to the bottom of the web page. And it says in like very small lettering, we do not refer for or provide abortions. The other thing I will mention, too, um, is there was this study that was done by the um, Center for Countering Digital Hate 
um, back uh, a couple years ago, and they found that um, for states that had trigger laws, so, so this was before Roe was actually overturned last summer, so the states that had trigger laws, which essentially just, you know, if Roe was overturned, then abortion would be completely restricted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they did, like, uh, like Google search analyses, and they found that, like, if you type in abortion in the Google search results, then you would lead to um, these, you know, anti-abortion crisis pregnancy centers. Mm. And there's other studies that, that show that, you know, like, this is more common for, like, uh, depending on where you're from geographically. So um, women from lower income areas also get these search results bumped up more. So it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's really honestly wow. kind of hard to tell um, for a lot of people, you know, and especially if, if you, you know, considering, you know, a person's mindset when they're really stressed out and, you know, all, all they want is to just like, you know, get immediate care for an, an unplanned pregnancy, you know, oftentimes it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it can be really confusing when you go to a website and it seems like they would offer this when, when they don't. Yeah. So you did go into one of these centers. Um, what were some of the things that stood out to you while you were in there? I went into the Empower Life Center in Peoria, Illinois, so central Illinois. And when I walked in, um, you know, the first thing that I did notice were like scripture quotes on the wall. Mm. Um, and then uh, they had like this wall of pamphlets. And um, a lot of the pamphlets actually were connecting people to like other social service programs in the area. So like, for example, they had a brochure on like Alcoholics Anonymous. They had substance abuse treatment programs. And then they had like adoption services and and SNAP benefit services. So that was like really interesting to see. But then they also, I will say in that same like brochure wall, they had like a lot of uh, pamphlets and literature related to like local churches in the area. So so local ministries and Mm and youth groups and things like that. So it's very, I think, like, kind of clear that they, they were a religious organization. Although I will say, and, and something that um, uh, Megan Jayfo from the Chicago Abortion Fund brought up was that, you know, just because someone is, you know, religious doesn't mean that necessarily that they are anti-abortion, right? So, so like, they, they make it clear that they are religious, but they don't make it clear that they are anti-abortion, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a patient walks in, um, they are seeking abortion care. What happens then? What what happens when they bring that up with with a provider or with a with a staff person at this at this center? Yeah. So essentially, they they broke it down to me. Um, basically, what happens is like a person walks in. They do like an an hour long uh, what they call like a consultation, and so like they you know come in. They talk about all their options. And what they said was like, you know, they, they basically described three options to the patient. So one is, you know, you can carry the pregnancy full term and parent. And if you want to parent, we have all these parenting classes. We have mommy classes. We have daddy classes. We have all this stuff that, that you know, is here for you um, for free of charge too, right? These are like free classes that they offer yeah. um, in the evenings or whatever. And the second option, you know, is, is adoption, right? So, so they're like, if you carry it full term and you feel like you can't care for the baby, you can adopt. Here's, you know, again, more resources for adoption services and like, and, and, you know, like, like mental health, like, and, 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 th- uh, counseling for like, you know, going through adoption because it could be a lot. But then the third option, and that would be, you know, terminating the pregnancy or, um, receiving some sort of abortion care. And when they go through that, it's not really like a, 
oh, like this is where you can go to get that. It's more of, um, you know, think about it, like really think about, do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. So, so um, the person I interviewed told me that they'll literally like, like the messaging they give to the patient is, you know, put yourself five years from now, right? So like in the moment you're, you're thinking within this box of, I need to do this, I need to get an abortion, but think about where you will be in five years. You may regret it. They also do um, push, they, they have this uh, program that's like a post-abortion care program. It's like a little like a class type thing where like, you know, if, if you um, are feeling regrets about having an abortion, then you can go to it. So, so it's very much like, you know, this is something that you may regret later. Mm. Um, I do want to know, are, are centers required to refer patients to abortion care providers? If that's if the patient says that that's what they want or they want to find out, yeah. So basically, um, there was so in 2016, the um, uh, Illinois state legislature passed this um, uh, amendment to the Healthcare Right of Conscious Act that would require um, all like healthcare facilities to refer for services that they don't already provide. So like in mm. this case, a yeah. CPC would have to refer for abortion services. But you know, in dispute of that law, the, a, a couple. CPCs from like the Chicago area, along with uh, this national organization called the National Institute for Family Life Advocates, they like filed this lawsuit against the state saying that this violates our religious freedoms. And it's just been like a whole legal battle since then. Mm -hmm. Um, They they um, they were granted preliminary injunctive relief, which means that the law doesn't apply to them right now temporarily while the case gets decided. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's just been that this whole sort of like back and forth of like, you know, does this violate our religious beliefs? Does it not? Do we have to refer? Are we even healthcare clinics? So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, so I think as of now, they can get away with not referring technically because that case is still getting decided in court. But yeah, I, I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, so what about the pregnant folks who don't realize they're not receiving, um, Maybe the treatment that they thought or the advice that they thought they might get from these clinics. Um, I know that uh, you spoke to some folks at the Chicago Abortion Fund um, about some some of the folks they encounter that are in that category. Yeah. So according to Megan and then according to um, this one researcher I spoke with, um, she's from the University of Georgia and she's a public health professor. And she actually developed this map, this online map to like find CPCs. And it was, you know, like she started this work in 2015. So she's just been like interviewing and calling and going into these mm. centers and talking to patients. And what's her name? So, so she was saying her name is Andrea Schwarzenruber. Okay. Um, but but so she was saying that like, you know, a lot of the people she's interviewed, they they say that like they're given inaccurate information, usually around gestational period, right? So it's like that they'll go into a CPC. The CPC will tell them like, you're way further along in your pregnancy than they actually are. So this is why you shouldn't terminate it. And then when they they leave the CPC and they actually get in contact with an abortion clinic, they're told, oh, actually you're not, you know, 20 weeks along, you're actually more like 12 or six or whatever, right? And another thing that that she says that there is often misrepresented is risks associated with abortion. So like, uh, so oftentimes, um, Andrea says, and, and also Megan said that like patients will go in and the CPC will tell them, you know, if you were to get an abortion, you will die. And, and kind of like, you know, and, and even they, they testified about this, um, during the committee hearing that like, 
you know, you, you may not ever get to see your, um, your children ever again, because if you get an abortion now, like you will, you know, pass away. Um, and then just sort of like overinflate the risks of abortion, even though, um, there are studies that show that, uh, childbirth is actually more risky than getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, yeah, then, then they'll go and they'll get in contact with the Chicago abortion fund or an abortion provider. And then they'll tell them like, actually, no, your risk of, you know, mortality is actually not that high as the center, you know, sort of led you to believe. So it's really, I mean, like, like, like we were saying earlier, it's kind of just like, you know, misleading, sort of using scare tactics. Um, Andrea talked about too, there's a lot of stigmatizing that comes with the, with these centers. So like even just with the use of contraceptives, um, you know, uh, so, so even like Empower Life Center in Peoria, they, they told me they don't offer contraceptives either. So, so no plan B's, no condoms, no mm. anything like that. And Andrea was saying that like a lot of times these centers, you know, they believe that like if you use even just contraceptives, that this is, you know, uh, very, you know, stigmatized that you're going to hell for even having premarital sex to begin with. Mm. And so, so it's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot. <laughs> Um, you, to add, to add more, (laughs) um, you recently went to a committee meeting regarding some legislation proposed to do something about this, right? Yeah. What are some of the things that really stood out to you, um, in that, in that committee meeting? Yeah. So basically the legislation that's been filed, um, so there's two versions of it. There's one version that's been filed in the House by State Representative Tara Costa Howard, and then another filed in the Senate um, by uh, Senator Selena Villanueva. They're both Democrats and they're both from the Chicagoland area. And basically they're both um, trying to create an avenue for patients to sue centers if they feel like they've been misled or tricked or, you know, just, just, given this false sense that they will receive abortion care when they won't. Mm. Um, And so in addition to that, the legislation would also allow the attorney general or or, or the court to impose an up to $50,000 fine on a center, just depending on how egregious. Yeah. Just depending on how egregious the, um, you know, the, the fraud was. And so, you know, it's, it's obviously received like a lot of uh, attention um, like I mentioned, Megan from the Chicago Abortion Fund was there. Um, we had someone from Planned Parenthood of Illinois there testifying in support. But we also had a lot of people who were um, opposed. Um, we had a couple representatives from CPCs and then also uh, Republican lawmakers, right, who were um, hearing about the bill um, for the first time. They were sort of debating just, you know, like like this could be potentially dangerous for CPCs, you know, um, like uh, if if this is, you know, a way of like, categorizing fraud or, or, or trying to find a definition for fraud, you know, what one could argue that someone's religious beliefs are fraudulent. And so mm-hmm. would that be infringing on their religious freedoms? And it, it, it got pretty, pretty Ooh. contentious, I would say. And yeah. I think that the main, the main question was just like, what is the definition of fraud and deceptive practices, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it too broad right now? Uh, you know, if a center believes that life begins at conception, would that be considered fraud? And then would that mean that their religious views are fraudulent? And so, yeah, it, it was it was pretty, pretty um, heated. I mean, it's it's very, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of things <laughs> came up, I guess. I guess it makes sense. Um, in the end, you know, it, it sounds like 
And this this legislation leaves it in the patient's hands to initiate a lawsuit. Um, what do organizers and people who work with abortion funds, what do they think of this proposed legislation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're they're definitely for it. Um, so uh, Megan talked about how this is a good first step just in sort of uh, holding these centers accountable for some of the things that they have done and, and, and do with people who are seeking abortion care. Um, like I said, uh, the uh, Megan with Chicago Abortion Fund came and testified in favor of the mm. bill um, during the committee hearing. And um, so, so also like with bills, you can file witness slips in favor or against. And so with this bill, with this legislation, I think last I checked, there were like thousands of people that have filed for and against. And, and as, mm. as far as people for it, you know, it's, it's, you know, Planned Parenthood, Chicago Abortion Fund, Midwest Access uh, Project, which is a, another Chicago or Illinois um, abortion fund. So, so a lot of uh, pro-abortion groups are really, really for it. Also, just because, yeah, that they they've been sort of warning about crisis pregnancy centers for like a long time. I mean, when, when I was doing research for the story, I found like um, PPIL, which is Planned Parenthood of Illinois, um, released this like uh, sort of like fact sheet about crisis pregnancy centers, and this was like years ago. So even before the Dobbs decision, mm-hmm. and so. I guess it's just one of those things that, like, you know, this is something they've been talking about for a while, and now it's finally in, like, the public eye because yeah. it's talked about in the legislature. And so they're, I think they're very excited and, and hoping that, that it'll um, pass through the state house. Mawa Iqbal is a state house reporter here at WBEZ. Mawa, thank you so much for your reporting on this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mawa Iqbal did a whole feature about crisis pregnancy centers in Illinois. You can find it at WBEZ.org. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Klee for editing the show. Dave Miska engineered today's episode and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.